0: Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits.
1: I say, America, stay out of the bushes. Look for the union label. And to secure
2: these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government.
1: From my cold,
2: dead hand.
1: I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this
3: president, he will get reelected.
0: It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left-right, black-white, two-dimensional approach. If this is your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. We feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies, and that it's a gap comprised of many degreed-thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's www.alannathan.com. Don't forget that email address, alan at alannathan.com. That's A L A M. Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday at this time. Don't forget the classic Alan Nathan show, Saturday 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Feel free to avail yourselves of our nascent but always robust Twitter and Facebook options that we have there for you. And of course, with great dispatch and alacrity, we love to thank our distributor, the Salem Radio Network. That's right, the Alan and Nathan Show's entering its 25th year of national syndication, all thanks to you, reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week again. All thanks to you. And by the way, I don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right, please get out of the thought control business. Well, folks, I want to revisit a few things here. First of all, NBC, as you might recall, reported that, um, quote unquote, natural immunity offers greater COVID protection than vaccines, unquote. Now, this firmly exposes the government's COVID disinformation campaign, which, of course, has been perversely camouflaged as a campaign against COVID disinformation. So are are people catching on to this? Do they understand now? Also, ABC's Whoopi Goldberg and MSNBC's Wajahat Ali, who's actually a spokesperson for, um, I believe it is the Daily Beast, um, they respectively claim that Governor Nikki Haley – is, first of all, not part of a new generation of leaders because she's 51. Of course, the hierarchy that we're looking at right now is in their 80s. But anyway, they say she's not part of a new generation because she's 51 and that she's using, quote, her brown skin to launder white supremacist talking points, unquote. Of course, the two can cartoonishly show zero validation. They don't. They just give you a constant spewing of assertions tethered to no measurable standard of accountability in dialogue and debate, tethered to no required foundational merit. And before I get to my illustrious guest, I want to go ahead and share some of this nonsense with you. Let's first listen to um, let's listen to Wajahat, I think it's pronounced Wajahat Ali. Uh, he, again, is uh, with the Daily Beast. He's a contributor, and he's on MSNBC's Mehdi Hassan show. Clip four, James, if you please.
4: Uh, To quote Zora Neale Hurston, not all skinfolk are kinfolk. Uh, Nikki Haley instead is the Dinesh D'Souza of Candace Owens. She's the alpha Karen with brown skin. And for white supremacists and racists, she's the perfect Manchurian candidate. And instead of applauding her, I am just disgusted by people like Nikki Haley who know better, whose parents were the beneficiaries, as Asha said, of the 1965 Immigration Nationality Act, which passed thanks to those original BLM protesters and the Civil Rights Act, Her father came here because he was a professor. He taught at a historically black college in South Carolina. That's how she became the proud American that she is. And yet what does she do like all these model minorities, which, by the way, is the strategy of white supremacy to use Asians in particular as a cudgel against black folks. Instead of pulling us up from the bootstraps and pulling others from the bootstrap, we're taught to take your boot and put it on the neck of poor browns, immigrants, refugees and black folks. And that's what she did in her ad. So I see her and I feel sad, Mehdi, because she uses her brown skin as a weapon against poor black folks. Folks and poor brown folks, and she uses her brown skin to launder white supremacist talking points.
0: But he doesn't say how, how, how. All these things are masturbated presuppositions masquerading as settled argument versus showing how said argument was ever actually settled. Ali nauseatingly embodies, it seems to me anyway, the very racism he's ostensibly against, how, I'm going to give you a how, by imbecilically presupposing. That only Democrats speak for people of color. And that unless people of color regurgitate the woke's crazy sophistry, they must be, quote-unquote, white supremacists. White supremacists. Just because they're not in lockstep with the left. So unless you're a socialist or a Marxist, you're a racist. That's pretty much what we're being told. Unless you're a socialist or unless you're a Marxist, unless you're a communist, you must be a racist. Even though Black Lives Matter came out in support of the Cuban government against their own people who were protesting for individual liberty. BLM came out in support of the government. Oh, in the name of stopping chaos. Well, I'm sorry. Anytime people are really trying to get out from under verifiable oppression... Chaos will often be the only remedy for it. Real oppression, not make-believe oppression, as BLM and their ilk are trying to assert exists here in this country, where, in fact, we have a representative government with leaders who rule by the consent of the governed when you don't have a mainstream press uh, trying to be in lockstep for one side against the other and obscuring all news that might be contrary to the left's uh, preferred take on life. But in reality, in this country, almost like 97% of the people, when polled, said they're perfectly open to interracial marriage. The highest score of any nation weighing in on the issue. This is a nation that all the time elects people who are minorities. Had a president. Currently we have a vice president who's a minority. We practice what we preach but for some reason, if you're not in lockstep with the hardcore left, the socialist or the Marxist, by default, you must be a racist. So how crazy is it that these folks are telling us that only Democrats speak for people of color and that unless people of color regurgitate the woke crazy sophistry on this, they must be white supremacist. Notice how they can never show linkage between their assertion and the required grounds necessary to validate those assertions. We have assisting in the opining and analyzing, all for the show, none other than Al Parada, managing editor of the stream. He was formerly the vice president creative director for All Comedy Radio. He's a voice of America producer. Good to have you back, sir. How are you today?
5: Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Just trying to dissect that, uh, that Ali's uh, statement. It's so I, funny. I, I,
0: it's it, absolutely it. astonishing, is it not? Where does he go with this? Because... All we're hearing is the spewing of assertions. He doesn't tie any of his claims into any grounds. That was just one. I haven't abridged the uh, the, the, the quotation at all. That was just mm-hmm. him, and he's not been able to substantiate or validate anything he said. He can't demonstrate how Nikki Haley having a differing view from the Democrats is somehow tantamount to racism or tantamount to Using her brown skin to launder white
5: supremacy doesn't do it at all. No. And, he, and here's but here's the fun, here's what caught my attention. He, he he calls her a perfect Manchurian candidate. Well, what was that? Manchurian candidate is a group of troops that were brainwashed into saying the exact same thing, and he's criticizing her for saying something different. So it's it's it's, it's, it's like it's, he's like using his own words to, to defeat his own argument. Oh yeah, he's he functionally he's illiterate in that regard. Nonsense. As, and, and if, as yeah. an
0: argument, he's functionally as somebody who argues, he's he's demonstrating functional illiteracy. Uh, there's no yeah. no toys about it. But um, he gets away with it because, well, you know, he's not going to be challenged. Where you know, in the form in which
5: he speaks. Oh yeah, of course. You you, you can rat on a, a conservative woman all day long, woman of color all day long. That that, you know, you don't get on MSNBC if you say, hey, this is kind of neat. To have the daughter of immigrants running for president, (laughs) you know, hey, the woman who who took down the Confederate flag in South Carolina, this is kind of neat. You don't get invited on MSNBC if you do that. No. But compare compare it to color, uh, you know, a white supremacist and a brown skin and all that. Sure. Come on in. We'll put the coffee on for you. So it's just moronic. And it's unfortunate. And it's tragic. And it's, again, you tie it to whoopee. It's, it's like what, why? What is the bay? Why going after her so hard? It's just it's well, weird. we'll,
0: be, we'll, we'll yeah, she's she says the same thing that she's like you know just carrying the water for white folks and that she's really not an agent for change because uh, she's fifty one years old. <laughs> uh, you know, as if that that's somehow uh, a credible point. But uh, I mean, she she doesn't really have any moral authority in this issue anyway. Because don't forget, this is the same woman who. Uh, uh, hired a makeup artist and wrote a number of the jokes for her then-boyfriend, Ted Danson, who performed in blackface at a roast mm-hmm. in her honor. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. it's just as well these self-invalidating simpletons are on these chat shows because not one of them could survive in an actual debate program because they all all they spew are presuppositions, masquerading, as settled argument. I mean, God help them if they were ever compelled to defend their assertions pretending— to be accomplished findings. They couldn't do it. They'd fall apart like a plane on fire out of the sky. More on this upon a return. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show.
6: According to the new State of Security Preparedness 2023 study released by Avanti, approximately half of respondents said they are very prepared to meet the growing threat landscape, but expected safeguards are ignored a third of the time, and leaders are actually four times more likely to be victims of phishing compared to office workers. Avanti's CEO, Jeff Abbott.
4: Ivanti surveyed 6,500 executive leaders, cybersecurity professionals, and office workers globally to understand the perception of today's cybersecurity threats and to find out how companies are preparing for next generation cyber terror threats. The overwhelming majority of security professionals and leaders, 97%, told us their organizations are as prepared or more prepared today than one year ago. However, the threat of the unknown is as real as ever. In fact, only one in five of those same cybersecurity professionals would wager a chocolate bar on the state of their readiness.
6: To learn more, visit Ivanti.com slash cybersecurity report. It has been over 30 years since Hurricane Andrew devastated South Florida. That storm marked the beginning of the Home Depot being a hub for help during disasters, a tradition that continues today. To commemorate those efforts, the company is releasing a new film called Hope Bills. Briar Waterman, Senior Director, Creative Design of the Home Depot.
5: Drawing from interviews and using
6: archive footage, we trace the origin, growth, and sophistication of the Home Depot's
5: disaster relief efforts, demonstrating it is deeply connected to the values of the company and our unwavering support to our communities during their times of need. Whether it be a veteran in need or a community devastated by a natural disaster, Home Depot associates go beyond the job, beyond the nine-to-five, to make sure that their neighbors and communities are taken care of. This documentary is a prime example.
6: To learn more about the film or for help creating your emergency supply kit, visit your local Home Depot or the homedepotcom hopebills.
3: Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country. But unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States, including yours. But they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America for more information on what you can do to get involved visit feedinamerica.org that's feedinamerica.org together we can solve hunger together we're feeding America a message from feeding America
4: and the Ad Council what is dedication I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy and I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding My daughter is biological, and my son is adopted. I love them both so much, from the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night, and every moment in between. It really is so special, and boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. A parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. over year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us. Covering a number of things here today, uh, you know, we're, there's been more and more reporting that natural immunity offers greater COVID protection than vaccines. NBC had a story on it some months ago. Matter of fact, the headline was just that, natural immunity offers greater COVID protection than vaccines. Uh, This firmly exposes the government's COVID disinformation campaign, which has actually perversely been camouflaged as a campaign against COVID disinformation. What's going to follow that? Also, ABC's uh, Whoopi Goldberg and MSNBC's uh, Wajahat Ali respectively claim that Governor Nikki Haley recently announced presidential candidate running for the Republican nomination is really not part of a new generation of leaders because she's 51 and that she's using, quote-unquote, her brown skin to launder white supremacist talking points, unquote. Of course, they cartoonishly show no validation. It's just all spewed assertion, assertion after assertion after assertion. And I think folks are getting tired of that. I mean, maybe I'm being overly sanguine in my hopes, but I do believe the woke will be eventually put to sleep because, let's face it, their inverted burden of truth uh, structure is, is just not working. Actually, it's not an inverted burden of truth. It's sort of like an inverted burden of proof structure, isn't it? That's why I think the woke will eventually be put to sleep, because it is, I think, the perfect way to put it. Their inverted burden of proof structure in all arguments is simply unsustainable. Think about it. Isn't there a limit to how long folks can take seriously assertions endlessly predicated on what are Merely just other assertions with only shaming tactics used as their validation? I mean, come on. Um, Eventually, most catch on to the difference between a genuine premise versus a woke pretext pretending to be one. I mean, look at what they do. The left's constant guilt tactic is to use secondary measures of allegedly more important morals to supplant the primary measure of our right to choose for ourselves that which we prefer when it comes making our decisions day-to-day uh, for uh, ourselves and our families. I mean, by such a formula from the left, manipulative authoritarians can always find a way to remove our free will. Just say the issue isn't about whether or not you have a right to decide. The issue is whether or not uh, you should use your right to decide to go our way, and if you don't, we're going to marginalize that right until you come around to our way of thinking. I'm sorry. I mean, we were warned about this crap in Aesop's fables. Quote, a tyrant will always find a pretext for his tyranny. I'm tired of this authoritarian government. I mean, you know, we, ideally we have a, a great system in place. You know, we rule by the, you know, our leaders rule by the consent of the governed. We have separation of powers, each of them with a check and a reciprocal check upon one another, the the executive, the judiciary, and the legislative. But we're circumventing that, aren't we? We're circumventing that because we're finding the press is joining whatever branch is dominated by its own. Right now it's the executive, so the executive can do no wrong. If a Republican's head of the executive, well, then, you know, it's the other branches that must work in, in place or league. It, it's, it's really becoming worrisome. And the media is dangerous right now because it is in sync with government. Now we have such a left-wing entrenchment that it almost doesn't matter who's ahead of the executive because the underlings are still calling the shots. The deep state. And the deep state is very, very much alive and well. And I love it when people try to claim there is no deep state. Please give me a break. (laughs) Of course, there's a deep state. The Hill, the Washington Post, others, they've already reported on it. People in positions of bureaucratic power are joining together to essentially go their own way when they don't like what the executive has to say. That's usually only a problem, of course, when it's a Republican in charge. And then you've got the media in sync with that executive. I mean, thanks to government's Section 230 gift to Big Tech protecting them from libel suits, Big Tech can censor free speech on behalf of their government benefactors who normally can't do it directly themselves because of our First Amendment rights. You see, social media outlets are currently protected from liability for all content posted because they're platforms and not publishers. So that protection, Section 230 the Communications Decency Act, is something that's based on holding them harmless for the risks naturally associated with free speech. But let's face it, once platforms pollute that free speech with forum management interference, well then, that liability protection is really no longer statutorily deserved, is it? Because speech then has lost its freedom. Where am I wrong? And as I said, the only reason why social media sites are currently protected from liability is because of Section 230, which says, quote, no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. Now, as a matter of language, I think it's fair to say that Twitter, pre-Musk anyway, as well as Facebook and others, have not been staying in their platform lane because these guys are verifiably refereeing conversations. And Twitter files have shown unambiguously that Government's been tag-teaming with the, civilian popu- with the civilian media, civilian entities. You've got Department of State. You've got Homeland Security. Homeland Security, CISA has been involved with it, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. They've been tag-teaming with the Election Integrity Group. It's a civilian operation. And the Election Integrity Group has four components to it. And these components have been assisting the government in flagging posts not to the government's liking and getting rid of them. You've got the Sanford Internet Observatory. What's the other one? You've got uh, the University of Washington's Center for an Informed Public. You, of course, have the uh, Atlantic Council's um, Forensic Research Lab. And finally, you got Grapika, which is uh, a social media uh, analytics firm. And these guys have offered the government and made available to the government and bureaucrats in the government, especially the State Department, is very much so uh, with the Department of Homeland Security. These bureaucrats can write, quote-unquote, tickets prevailing upon these civilian entities to flag and delete posts not to their liking. This is a tag-teaming going on that's not, that's not permissible by the First Amendment. So you have government proactively censoring us. They think that because they do it through a proxy that somehow they're not in violation of the Constitution's uh, prohibition against this practice, but they're doing it. Whether the government censors us directly or indirectly, they're still violating our First Amendment rights. Otherwise, by merely putting a process up, they have an escape hatch from accountability. You know, it doesn't work that way. I mean, any time the government would censor us, they would do it through a process. That process doesn't become a self-validating escape hatch of accountability. Government needs to watch its aggregate butt. Because there's a Second Amendment option to stop this crap. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show. Going to be right back. We
3: want to make sure that we don't overfeed our animals, because seeing our animals more is not love. You know, there's so many other ways you can show love, like throwing a ball and walking them and giving them a little extra love.
1: The annual End Obesity Campaign by Hills is wonderful for a guy like me and Dr. Hodges, who are practicing veterinarians, because his obesity, like you said, is one of those. Um, illnesses or conditions that we see most in the veterinary hospital. And it can be very difficult sometimes talking to clients about, you know, their patient being obese, you know, but Heals with their campaign have given us the tool to be able to get this message across. And it's something that they do annually. They've invested a lot of time, a lot of money into the research, into the pet food that we can use to help these animals that are obese. So you can go to InPetObesity.com and you can learn
3: a whole lot more about how you can actually use the love test, as well as learn more about Hills Pet Nutrition and ways to control your pet's weight.
0: Hi there, it's Joe Montana. Life after football has been full of taking my shot at new things.
4: Now I'm working with Pfizer to tell you about pneumococcal pneumonia. Pneumococcal
1: pneumonia should be the last thing standing in your way. Pneumococcal pneumonia is a potentially serious bacterial lung disease that can strike any time of year. It can disrupt your life for weeks, and in severe cases, it can put you in the hospital and even be life-threatening. And Joe knows that vaccination is one of the best ways to help protect himself from pneumococcal pneumonia. If you're 65 or older or
4: 19 or older with certain underlying medical conditions like asthma, COPD, chronic heart disease, or diabetes, Talk to your doctor or pharmacist about the risk of
0: pneumococcal pneumonia and whether vaccination is right for you. Understand your risk at
1: pneumonia.com That's K-N-O-W pneumonia.com. This is your shot. This message is brought to you by Pfizer.
7: You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed Underemployed or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills, skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries, from healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council.
4: No word in English language is less convincing than probably.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach, covering a number of things. ABC's Whoopi Goldberg and MSNBC's Wajahat Ali, respectively, claim that um, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley is really not part of a new generation of leaders because she's 51 and that she's using, quote-unquote, her brown skin to launder white supremacist talking points, unquote, while cartoonishly showing no validation. Um, I'm going to get to my illustrious guest here in a second, but before I do, I want to share these two clips with my audience. I'm going to let them hear them back-to-back. James, if you wouldn't mind, let's go ahead and cue up clips three and four. The first is going to be um, ABC's The View with Whoopi Goldberg. Um, She's going to be talking about how Nikki Haley really shouldn't be seen as a new generation of leadership because of her age. And after that, you're going to hear another clip uh, from MSNBC's uh, the show is uh, Madi uh, Hassan, um, and you're going to hear Daily Beast uh, contributor uh, Wajahat Ali saying that Nikki Haley is a quote-unquote Manchurian candidate for racists. Um, uh, the first clip's about 20 seconds. The second is about a minute. So let's listen to the two. Let's listen to the two together, back to back. Clips three and four, James, if you please. You're
3: not a new generation. You're 51. What are you talking about? <laughs>
8: compared
2: to DC that's a new generation but it's it's not
3: a new generation she may be she may be younger than most of those people but her her rhetoric is the same she's saying the same BS
4: Uh, to quote Zora Neale Hurston not all skin folk or kinfolk. Uh, Nikki Haley instead is the Dinesh D'Souza of Candace Owens. She's the alpha Karen with brown skin. And for white supremacists and racists, she's the perfect Manchurian candidate. And instead of applauding her, I am just disgusted by people like Nikki Haley who know better, whose parents were the beneficiaries, as Asha said, of the 1965 Immigration Nationality Act, which passed thanks to those original BLM protesters and the Civil Rights Act, Her father came here because he was a professor. He taught at a historically black college in South Carolina. That's how she became the proud American that she is. And yet what does she do like all these model minorities, which, by the way, is the strategy of white supremacy to use Asians in particular as a cudgel against black folks. Instead of pulling us up from the bootstraps and pulling others from the bootstrap, we're taught to take your boot and put it on the neck of poor browns, immigrants, refugees and black folks. And that's what she did in her ad. So I see her and I feel sad, Mehdi, because she uses her brown skin as a weapon against poor black folks and poor brown folks, and she uses her brown skin to launder white talking points.
0: Now, Ali nauseatingly embodies the very racism he's ostensibly against. How? By crazily presupposing that only Democrats speak for people of color, and that unless people of color regurgitate the woke's masturbated sophistry, well, they must be white supremacists. What could be more nonsensical? He's essentially saying, what I said is true because I said it. (laughs) Oh, golly. (laughs) Aren't you the erudite debater? (laughs) What a schmuck. Oh, my God. Anyway, assisting in the opining and analyzing, we have Semi Bird, uh, gubernatorial candidate for Washington State, uh, constitutional Christian conservative who started his life uh, journey in the ghetto of East Oakland, California. He's also an Army veteran who served in Special Forces. He's also a former senior advisor to the U.S. Ambassador of Bangladesh, Boy, he has his credentials. Semi Berg, good to have you on board. How are you today?
2: Alan, I'm doing well. It's great to be here with you. Thank you.
0: No, Glad to have you. Uh, I hope you didn't think I was too strident in my criticism against the critics of Nikki Haley. What say you?
2: My friend, you're on point. And, and bear with me for a moment, because this is the modus operandi, or how the progressive movement operates. Right. Their attempts to regress us back to the times of Jim Crow by essentially doing the same thing, as you pointed out. Right. And so they have constructed to what I call a progressive plantation to maintain control of the black and brown voter base and to divide us as a nation so that they can continue to manipulate. And what I will say to this is this. They segregate us through labels and cries for DEI. And doctors are children of color to believe that there's something wrong with them, that they're less, right? And no matter how hard they work, that they can never overcome the color of their skin. This all sounds very racist. If it does, consider more thoughts. And if you dare to have an independent thought as a person of color that doesn't align with their woke, regressive beliefs, you become a direct threat. And they attack you with their progressive propaganda machine, just like they did, you know, the L.A. But Times they can did never, with Larry Elder.
0: But, Sammy, they can never tether their assertions to the required uh, foundational merit. They can never tether their assertions to any sort of uh, legitimate uh, binding validation to their... Exactly. I mean, when individuals or groups make bad faith assertions of racism, they're actually committing racism in the name of fighting it are they not i mean and that's because they're using race to intimidate dissent on policy debates thus sort of fulfilling the very definition of uh, racist tactics i mean this should be abundantly clear to anyone with an iq above kleenex or or again am i being too strident
2: well let me bring a great comparison and contrast to how it was done right and how it's being done wrong and very simple reverend dr martin luther king jr Look at how he marched and brought forth equality in the Civil Rights Act, by which it was conservatives who drove that across the finish line. Essentially, what they're doing is a counter. It's, 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 it's an embarrassment. It goes against what Dr. Martin Luther King gave his life for. What they're trying to do is subjugate people to black and brown and not elevate people. And the way they do it is to, again, this is all what I call psyops. They essentially get people divided. They make black and brown people feel that they're less than anyone else. They focus on labels and segregating us. This is clear to anybody that this is not right, because just because you're born white does not mean that you're tethered to slavery. Or just because you're born brown does not mean that you're less capable than anybody else. It's common sense at play here, and this is why I wrote the Meritocracy Initiative, something that I have on my, my website, birdforgovernor.com, which it gives a rational viewpoint of a meritocracy, pulling yourself up from your bootstraps, regardless of what the color of your skin is. Well, they that's the beauty That's that. the
0: beauty of capitalism in a representative uh, constitutional government. We're, we're By the right. way, we're not a raw democracy. We are a a constitutional republic the difference is in a mm-hmm. in a democracy 51% of the people could take 100% of your rights away with a
2: exactly.
0: uh, with a with a constitutional republic um your individual rights are protected no matter who the hell is elected um exactly. but what they do is they they they, they practice identity politics um mm-hmm. and they and what they do is they're marketing socialism as a way to get there um For instance, just because the left refers to socialism as social justice uh, and then tethers it to a multitude of minority uh, identity groups, all of a sudden folks are no longer permitted to object to socialism because doing so means they're supposedly objecting to the ethnicity of the group behind which that relabeled socialism now stands. I mean, this is a cartoonish stunt that doesn't really expand rational discussion at all. I mean, by renaming socialism as social justice and then attaching it to groups like Black Lives Matter and Antifa and others, uh, the left has somehow made functional illiteracy acceptable. I mean, and how do we stop letting dissent get strangled by the left's identity politics? I think it's easy. Simply expose it loudly when seen and ferociously humiliate those practicing it and don't stop they're curled up in a fetal position on a therapist's couch i mean these people have to be subjected to some rather um formidable ferocity or they're not going to get the point i i think the kid gloves have got to come off where am i mistaken
2: well i i think what people need is education and i I hate to say re-education because it's essentially the truth in our history and the truth in our history says you're right we are a constitutional republic And the declaration in our Constitution gives all citizens, regardless of race, creed or color or religion, equal opportunity to rise above. And the fact that these individuals want to subjugate specific groups for nefarious reasons is an affront to everything humane and decent. And so I think we need to educate people. We need more Folks like myself who understand the benefit of of America and a meritocracy, who took advantage of the opportunity of the privilege that we all have of being born in this constitutional republic. We need to get the word out. We need more role models. We need more people to step forward and demonstrate the America that they're trying to sell you is not America at all.
0: Well, the beauty of a country like ours is that you can go as far as you want from wherever you begin. Amen. But um, our, 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 an, equal right to, uh, an equal right to pursue success is not a right to have equal success demand, you know, uh, be given to you. I mean, what's the yeah. phrase? Uh, equal opportunity doesn't mean equal outcome.
6: Your mm-hmm. right to having equal exactly.
0: opportunity is not a right to have equal success because otherwise um, there's no competition and there's no reason for anybody to excel. I mean, by that measure, uh, everybody in the NFL would get a touchdown just because they kind of caught close and they tried really, really hard. It doesn't work like that. Um, and, 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 and if we're going to start rewarding everybody in the same fashion, uh, who's going to have a reason or an incentive to excel? In any way, shape, or form. Anyway, Sammy Hart, great to have you on board the show. Folks, you're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Stick with us. Sponsored by IBM. IBM is transforming how it engages with business partners through the launch of IBM Partner Plus, a single integrated program to help deepen partners' technical expertise, accelerate time to market, and win with clients. New and existing partners will experience a transparent, simple, and modern program anchored around three pillars – Competitive incentives, insider access, and enhanced support and benefits. Partners can grow skills, develop solutions, and build sales expertise using IBM technology. Kate Woolley, General
1: Manager, IBM Ecosystem.
8: We are introducing IBM Partner Plus, a new program built hand-in-hand with our partners to help them gain skills, grow faster, and earn more. By offering access to the same education, programs, and hands-on training that IBMers get, we are better equipping partners to bring the power of AI and hybrid cloud to our clients.
1: For more information, visit ibm.com/partnerplus. The pandemic is just one factor that forced companies to rethink the way they conduct business. In addition to remote employees, companies are uploading more data to the cloud and workers are using a wide variety of apps and devices. As a result, businesses are more susceptible to security breaches than ever before. For 10 years, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud has helped businesses improve security and minimize vulnerability. Security continues to be a top concern for businesses. According to JumpCloud Vice President Eric Brown, organizations need to reconsider their approach. Identity is the new center of IT, and the foundation around which all IT infrastructure should be built. That's where we at JumpCloud come in. We help companies and people make work happen with secure, frictionless access to the apps and data they need with an open directory platform designed for identity transformation.
8: There is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash CallSkill.
6: If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got Got his his first first job, not for extra spending money,
7: but to help feed his little
8: sisters?
6: Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends but just to get something to eat. Or a retiree who fell ill
5: and had to to choose choose. between getting medicine or groceries.
6: I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger Hunger in in
5: America. Hunger can be hard to
3: recognize learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by
5: Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council.
1: The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment access to the veterans benefits they've earned, accessible homes and vehicles, and access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Razal and Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approaches. We were talking about this earlier. Um, you know, NBC had reported, uh, some months ago that natural immunity, quote unquote, natural immunity offers greater COVID protection than vaccines. Unquote. This of course firmly exposed the government's COVID disinformation campaign, which has been perversely camouflaged as a campaign against COVID disinformations. It's, it's just really too strange. Um, and it's unfortunate, but it's happened. It has happened. Uh, but I'm grateful NBC news finally woke up. Um, that piece I just referenced was written by Jordan Gardner. Um, but the funny thing is whenever you mention this to the left, the left is still seen as oblivious and they treat it like it's a new development that of course must be wrong and therefore ignore, but no, no, it's, it's happening guys, like it or not, it's happening. And this is bleeding through, uh, as Jordan writes for NBC news, quote, it's something that has been up for discussion since the start of the pandemic. What provides greater protection from COVID? A study published in the New England Journal of Medicine shared findings that supported natural immunity providing greater protection from COVID infection than multiple vaccinations. End of excerpt. Now, folks, incredulously, the Center for Disease Control, the CDC's response, was to say that, oh, getting a COVID-19 vaccination is safer and more dependa- a more dependable way of, to build immunity to COVID-19 than getting sick with COVID-19. This is ridiculous. They're trying to backpedal, but then they're still running toward their position holding that vaccine immunity is better than naturalized immunity, and that even if you had the former, you should still attain the latter. They weren't always telling us this stuff. Fauci himself, he knows better. He knows that if people have gotten over a particular infection, that they've essentially receive the best vaccination there is. They caught it whatever that is, that their antibodies would have to fight. Uh, matter of fact, let's go back uh, in our time vault here. James, uh, bring up clip one. Uh, you've got an anchor asking Dr. Fauci, former head of the NIAID. He's gone now, isn't he? Hopefully. Asking him if someone who had the flu for 14 days should get a flu vaccine. And Fauci says no, that natural immunity is better than any vaccine. Now, for the longest time, he was saying the direct antithesis concerning COVID. Now, of course, he's backpedaling. These people are vile and disgusting. Clip one, James, if you please.
4: Uh, but she had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be. Because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And
0: we're going to rewind really that one, uh, James. I want if you to stop really the the Stop flu. the clip right now. I want you to hear that again before the rest of the clip plays, okay? If you've caught whatever it is we're trying to fight, you've already had the best vaccine there is. If you've caught it, you've gotten the best approach already. Clip one, James again.
4: Uh, But she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And so she if, not she get it? Re- if she really has the flu, if she really has the flu, she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine. Next if she really has the flu, she right? should not get it again. No, she day? doesn't need it because the, it's the be- it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself.
0: The most potent in vaccination is getting infected yourself. <clears throat> oh, my God. And it kind of makes sense with covid as well, right? That's why we understand that vaccinated immunity uh, is weaker because, it, first of all, it provides only 5 to 10% of the virus's genetic code. That's it. Natural immunity, however, has the full panoply of COVID's genetic code because it is the actual infection and not its partial duplicate. It's, it has what are called these high-performing ORF1 immunogenic epitopes. Again, these high-performing ORF1 immunogenic epitopes. Now, quickly, an epitope is that part of the antigen that's recognizable to the antibodies of our immune system and therefore triggers more of what's called their antigen receptors. Now, (laughs) the more you unleash these high-performing epitopes, guess what? The more antibodies they attract. In other words, more of the antibodies' antigen receptors are activated thus providing a more robust overall protection. It would seem to make sense. So is it accurate to say that the bad faith uh, politicization of medicine by Democrat-driven public health care scientists has proven toxic to the country? I ask this because the facts I've just cited were for too long sidelined by big tech as misinformation. Even though it came from none other than Johns Hopkins University Hospital. I'm so tired of this excuse for censorship. Oh, we have to fight misinformation. Misinformation and disinformation don't just get to be standalone accusations. Accusations of misinformation and disinformation must be validated, not merely stated. You've got to be illustrated, not merely uh, claimed. Otherwise, it's the perfect tool for any schmuck to go ahead and shut down free speech. Anybody could do that. And by the way, even if something is misinformation, well, how is it that that is still not protected by the First Amendment? People have a right to be wrong in what they say. Government doesn't have a right to say, oh, we're going to shut down your free speech because what you're saying is wrong. Think about it, folks. Everybody who disagrees with one another does so because each believes the other to be what? Misinformed. But that's never been the basis to justify the shutting down of free speech. Arguments have to rise and fall on their merits. Not on the say-so of one side over the other. Otherwise, we're not going to grow. We're not going to advance. That's what's wrong with socialism. Socialism says that, oh, in the name of providing a floor for the needy, we have to impose a ceiling on the rest. Why? You do such a thing, in the name of state-imposed parity, you're taking away freedom-based equality. That's why arguments have to rise and fall on their merits. People have got to be given rewards on their merits. Otherwise, customer service goes out the window and you're never going to get the best bang for your buck. That's the beauty of capitalism. It's the creating, selling, and buying of goods and services for the purposes of providing for wants and needs. I do something well, it resonates, I'm self-sustaining. If I do it so well and I can't keep up with the demand, well, then I've got to go out and get help, and that manifests itself in expanded employment meaning there are that many more people making that much more money who can turn around and have to start paying that many more taxes to help uh, further protect all these social safety net programs we want to keep going. And if you fail, yeah, maybe you're not as well off as somebody else, but guess what? In our free capitalist system, you get to try again and again. That's the beauty of it. It's your best weapon against authoritarianism, whether it's from A bureaucratic, monstrous authoritarianism? Or a vulture capitalist who wants to keep... Others out of the competition arena. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell
4: any product or securities. So please consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at seven zero three seven one nine zero four three three or at our website Main Street. Radio Network.com.